what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. If you'll let David do his job, if you'll let the Holy Spirit do his job, he'll find every Philistine that is hiding in your life and he'll slay those things with a great slaughter and they will flee from you. neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 19. We're going to pick it up in verse 4 again this week. 1 Samuel chapter 19. Verse 4, And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to theeward very good. For he did put his life in his hand, and slew the Philistine. And the Lord wrought a great salvation for all of Israel, and thou sawest it. And didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul sware, As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. And David called Jonathan, and Jonathan showed him all those things, and Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines, and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And an evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, as he sat in his house with the javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence. And he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. I want to continue with what we attempted to preach last week. The war between the flesh and the spirit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice today whomever they may be, wherever they may be today. And Lord, there are many needs. Lord, I have only words here today, but Lord, I know that if you anoint me, Lord, if you'll bring back to my memory that which has been studied and prepared, that Lord, the word will go forth today and these needs will be met. And Lord, that is my prayer today. Anoint me today to rightly divide this word of truth. Anoint your people to hear and to receive of your word. May we all be edified and drawn closer to you in some way. And we're careful to give you praise and glory. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. As we stated last week, the conversation between Jonathan and Saul 
is a good example of how you and I can witness to the unsaved. And in this conversation, if you'll look there in verse 4, Jonathan spoke good of David unto Saul. When you're witnessing to others, you need to speak good of the Lord. You might say, well, Brother James, I just don't know a whole lot about the Scriptures, and, and I don't want to lead somebody astray. Has the Lord been good to you? Share the good things that the Lord has done for you. And if you're going to speak good of the Lord, your life needs to line up accordingly. Your walk needs to line up with your talk. And in another point, as far as speaking good of the Lord, there are no perfect churches. Understand that. And when you join into conversations that are going in a negative direction as it pertains to the church and the things of God, it's best to veer away from those types of conversations. If you can't say anything good, then don't say anything at all. Amen. All right. I want you to notice there in verse 4 that Jonathan said, Let not the king sin against David. Understand this, folks. You can't get saved unless you address the problem. And the problem is sin. Sin has to be addressed. People have to be confronted with their sin. They have to understand that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even the best, whomever that may be, have come short of God's glory. There are no exceptions. But then you need to understand too, if you'll look there in verse 5, Jonathan said that David put his life in his hands. Jesus Christ looked beyond our sinful condition, saw that we needed a Savior, left the portals of glory, came into this world, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life, and went to the cross of Calvary and paid the ultimate price for the worst of crimes ever committed. And Jesus Christ paid for our sins, whatever it may be. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. If you will accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He will not turn you away. Glory to God. Then he said there in verse 5, The Lord has wrought a great salvation. Not only did what Jesus do at Calvary save man's soul from eternal hell but what jesus christ did at calvary will set a course to save this world and restore this world back to what god originally intended for it to be oh good grace and mercy let me tell you something god didn't intend for you to get out there in a garden and sweat with the gnats swarming all around you can i get an amen from somebody there are a lot of things going on in this world that God didn't intend. But due to what Jesus did at Calvary, one day he's going to set it all straight. He has wrought a great salvation. And then Jonathan asked the question there in verse 5, Will you sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? When you're witnessing to someone, there comes a point in time where you pop the question, Are you saved? Will you turn your back on what God has done for you? Or will you embrace it? Will you accept it? 
Now here's where the spiritual conflict comes in between the flesh and the spirit. The Bible says that Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, if you'll look there in verse 6. But when you're witnessing to people, people respond to conviction differently. We're all different. Some may accept Christ right away. Others may go up against it and go out here and commit even worse sin. See, Don't take it personally. When you've done all that you can do to stand, stand, therefore. And don't let the spiritual conflict that's going on between the flesh and the spirit affect your walk with God. You continue to witness to them, and you give them the word, and you walk out what God is working in. You continue to walk the path, and you keep on getting it up. If they don't accept Christ, wipe the dust off your feet and keep on going. But you need to understand that spiritual conflict when you're witnessing the people. Now, you need to understand another spiritual conflict between the flesh and the spirit. If you'll look there in verse 7, Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things, and Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he restored man's fellowship with God. But it's for all those who will believe. And there's nothing like being in the presence of God. There's nothing like accepting Christ as your Savior and the Holy Spirit coming into your heart and life. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus came into this world for us that we may have life and that we might have it more abundantly. But there is a conflict here. I want you to notice there in verse 8, the Bible says that there was war. Here we have restoration of David and Saul. Their fellowship has been restored, but now the Bible says there was war. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. Dana, if you will, pull up Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. You need to understand that salvation is only the beginning of your walk with God. When you accept Christ as your Savior and the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and life, He doesn't just stop there. You know why He doesn't stop there? Because you ain't perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, Hey, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> there ain't nobody in here perfect. We've all got problems. We've all got inconsistencies in our walk with God. We all have Philistines hiding within the deep recesses of our hearts. And let me tell you, David, a type of the Holy Spirit, is going to go into every aspect of your heart and life and root out the Philistines that are hiding in your life. He's going to find them because they're trying to keep you from getting where you need to be in your walk with God. 
They're hiding and you don't know they're there. But David knows they're there. The Holy Spirit knows they're there. And he's going to find them. Danny, you've got it up there on the screen. Paul said, The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's why some of you are having problems. You want to do certain things, but you can't do it because you've got a, hit, a Philistine hiding somewhere. But don't worry. If you'll let David do his job, if you'll let the Holy Spirit do his job, he'll find every Philistine that is hiding in your life, and he'll slay those things with a great slaughter, and they will flee from you. The book of James said, James 4, chapter 7, if you will submit yourself to God, then the devil will flee from you. What does that mean? You submit yourself to God's salvation plan. What is that? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is God's answer to the sin problem that is in your life. That is God's answer to the Philistines that are hiding in your life. Romans 8 and 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That is the way the Holy Spirit works in our lives as we continue to maintain our faith in Christ and what Christ did at Calvary. If you will submit yourself to God's way, then David will be able to go out Find those Philistines and slay them with a great slaughter. Now, I want to show you something here about Saul. There was something hiding in Saul that nobody recognized, didn't even know it was there until David came on the scene. When David was around Saul, Something was revealed that we did not see before, and it's the same way when the Holy Spirit's presence comes into our hearts and lives. He reveals things that we did not see and recognize was there before. Well, what is it that we see? As David goes in and out before the people, winning battle after battle with the Philistines, Saul heard the words of the women. David has slain his ten thousands, but Saul has only slain but a thousand. Those words rang in his ears, and he got jealous. He could not stand the fact that little David here was being exalted above himself. He couldn't handle that. But see, that's what the Holy Spirit will do. His presence in your life is going to reveal some things to you that you didn't realize was there. And sometimes it's ugly. We don't want to see it. We don't want to recognize it. But if the Holy Spirit is showing it to you, you need to recognize it for what it is. It is sin. It is a Philistine in your life that's threatening to destroy your walk with God. When sin is left unaddressed, 
You cannot stay on a level with sin. It has to be addressed. It has to be rooted out. You've got to let David destroy that Philistine. Because if you don't, that Philistine will go out and get other Philistines. See, you can't stay on a level with sin. But Saul would not recognize his jealousy. He would not deal with his sin. And what happened? He gave in to his jealousy. And now we see envy. Anger and even murder is now added to the list. Like I said, you can't stay on a level with sin. Sin drags down. It leads to more sin. It has to be dealt with and addressed in your life. If sin is not addressed, there's no limit to what a person can do. Sin will take you further than you wanted to go. It'll cost you more than you're willing to pay. Sin is what gives Satan the legal right to do what he does. And whenever sin is involved, understand this too, demon spirits are behind it. And I want you to take a look at 1 Samuel 19 and verse 9. The Bible says an evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. Jesus Christ died on Calvary that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If you'll do this thing God's way, your life will be a little bit of heaven on earth. But if you do not go God's way, if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and reveal hidden Philistines in your life, then my friend, your spiritual walk with God will be a little bit of hell on earth. And an evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. And David played with his hand. The Holy Spirit is going to work in your life. He means nothing but good for you. And He will do all that He can to help you. But there comes a point. If you are dead set to go a certain course, God's going to let you go. He's going to honor your wishes. See, verse 10. Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. It's sad, but it's true. There are some Christians who had rather have their sin than a relationship with God. They turn their back on God. They say, I don't want this anymore. And they walk away, as Saul did he had the javelin in his hand and he said, I don't want David in my presence anymore. And some Christians make that decision in their walk with God. I don't want God anymore. I'd rather have my sin. They cannot stand the spiritual conflict that is going on between the flesh and the spirit. And they don't understand the conflict that is going on there. They finally get discouraged and they throw up their hands and quit. And let me say this. When someone is struggling with something, 
what gives you the right to judge them or to criticize them. For we've all sinned. We've all failed God at one time or the other. Even after we got saved, we played the fool. But when we see a brother or sister fail the Lord in some way, we need to be there to comfort them. We need to be there to encourage them. Not to go out and sin again, but to help them get out of that particular thing and love them and help them, not criticize them and judge them. Now... I want to change directions here just a little bit and show you another spiritual conflict between the flesh and the spirit. From this point forward, Saul focused his eye on David to kill him. And for the next 10 to 15 years, Saul would hunt David like a wild animal. David, for the next 10 years, we're talking about a man after God's own heart. A young man that was saved. A young man whom Samuel had gone with that horn of oil and anointed him to be the future king of Israel. He was saved, he had the anointing of God on his life, but yet God allows him to be chased down and hunted like a wild animal for the next 10 to 15 years. Why would God allow this? Why would God have to allow, allow this young man to have to live in caves? Not knowing where his next meal would come from. Literally starving to death. At times. Why would God allow that? Why is God allowing some of you in this place? Many of you listening by radio today. Why has God allowed you to go through a literal hell on earth? But you love God. You go to church every Sunday. You sing in the choir. You pay your tithe. But yet everything in the world seems to be going against you. Why is it? You need to understand spiritual warfare there. You want, to, you want to say, God's not being fair to me. We got the ungodly out here just running, drinking up, and doing whatever they want to do, and they look like they're doing fine. But me, I'm having car wrecks, and the air condition's giving out, and the ceilings fell out at the house. Why in the world is everything going against me? God's not being fair to me. You need to understand the spiritual warfare that's going on between the flesh and the spirit. Now, what was God doing? Why did God allow David to go through 10 to 15 years of hell on earth? Why? God was making something out of David. God needed a man who would lead his people Israel. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you something here too. David wrote over half the Psalms. We get great comfort when we read the book of Psalms. Do you realize that most of the Psalms were written during this 10 to 15 year period of time that Saul was hunting David down like a wild animal? 
God was training David, setting him up to be the future king of Israel. It takes some training. And the reason some of you are going through what you're going through is because God's setting you up. He's got great things for you. And you need to settle that in your mind. No matter what you're going through, God means this for my good. All right. Last of all, it was through David's family that the Lord Jesus Christ would come. And God was setting him up for that title. Because when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus Christ said, I am the son of David. I've run out of time. Let me share this with you. You and I today, when we place our faith in Christ and His finished work, we become a part of that family. It was through David's family that the Messiah would come. You and I today are a part of that family when we place our faith in the finished work of Christ. And God wants you to bring forth Christ to others. And if you're going to do that, you need to understand the warfare that is going on between the flesh and the spirit. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.